Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of the Wild at Heart podcast. This season, we're bringing to you the top minds, and we're going to be talking about all things dogs, cats, horses, herding breeds, and everything in between. I'm so excited to finally launch the podcast, but I think I'm most excited about today's guest. I was on the road when I recorded this interview, but I felt it was necessary to bring it to you as soon as possible because this topic is hot on social media right now, and it's leading to a welfare issue in our dogs. So please forgive the audio recording, and let's launch the Wild at Heart podcast. Today's guest needs no introduction, but I was honored to sit down with one of the world's best dog trainers, Jean Donaldson. Jean is the founder and principal instructor of the Academy for Dog Trainers, which has trained and certified more than 700 trainers, myself included, in evidence-based dog behavior, training, and private behavior counseling since 1999. Jean is an award-winning author. Her books include The Culture Clash, Mine, Fight, and Train Your Dog Like a Pro. Jean also was the founder of the Montreal Flyball Association, so she's no stranger to happy and excited dogs, and we're going to be talking about that today. Jean lives in Oakland, California, with her dog Brian, who she adopted in 2015. So everybody, we are here with Jean Donaldson, and I am so excited to talk to you today because... We've been seeing this real uptick of a, um, a a strong push to stop dogs from playing simple games like fetch. Um, and we're going to really zone in on fetch today and zero in on that. Um, but we're, we are, I guess, today talking about a lot of anything where a dog is happy and excited. But um, fetch is really getting the brunt of the negative uh, the negative posts and all of this commentary on social media. And this is coming out from a lot of trainers. Um, and what I'm seeing in my practice, and one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about this is because I'm seeing dogs who are being stationed. I would say they are being under-exercised. They are, they are um, not allowed to participate in normal activities, that things that come naturally to them. Um, running, playing, you know, barking, chasing, um, all of these things. We're seeing dogs that are really, in my opinion, suffering poor welfare. And that is why I'm so passionate about this. So I think when people hear me rant about fetch and really speak up that fetch is something that is safe for our dogs to do, I think that seems like a weird um, focus for a trainer. But for me, it's really because I think this is a welfare issue. So thank you for joining this chat about that. So um, what, what have you seen now? Have you been seeing now you've been in the dog world a long time, you've been you've been in, uh, you know, some pretty intense breeds for a long time. Is this something new? Or is this something that's been around for a while? This seems to be a new one. Uh, I have seen over the years sort of uh, uh, nutty ideas come and go. Um, But this specific one about fetch seems to be pretty new. Um, And it is, as you say, I mean, I need to state at the outset um, that I am both a, a general fan of yours and a specific fan of your stance on fetch and your willingness to sort of 
you know, just not take the 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 current party line in sort of a certain there's a certain segment of the the dog population, the dog people population who seem to be going off the deep end about this. Um, and it is, it's pernicious. And I think it's it's it is a huge welfare issue, aside from being a failure of you know rational thought and evidence and 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 so on, it's also impacting dogs. Agreed. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. That was probably the highlight of my career having you. Oh, dear. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think at the very least, we have dogs who are bored. So the very least, we have a dog, a border collie, you know, a shepherd, whatever it might be, who in their day to day life, they're bored. I think at the very worst, the worst case scenario, we have dogs who are suffering poor welfare. And probably even worse than that, I think we have dogs who are being misdiagnosed by people that have no business diagnosing certain issues. So we're going to talk a bit today even about compulsive disorders um, and things like that. So before we jump into that, though, um, can you walk us through? So um, we're going to have a lot of people listening who are uh, green dog owners, um, but they've ended up like many of us have in the past with dogs that are there, there may be, and we're a bit in over our head, right? We've got uh, a working line border collie in a yeah. green home. Um, walk us through um, what does normal, happy, and excited behavior look like? Yeah, I think that's the key thing. Um, sort of words like um, arousal and uh, compulsion and so on are being invoked um, for what are you know? I mean, normal is a is a tricky word because certainly we breed these dogs to be super duper intense. So when we breed drivey dogs, so we breed a, a working line border collie to want to work for eight hours, um, and that you know traditionally was herding sheep. But a lot of these dogs are not in sheep homes, so they need, you know, the kind of exercise and enrichment that kind of, you know, goes to where they live. And what they seem to live for is gathering, you know, and so fetch is is a huge, huge, you know, uh, activity. And they, I mean, I'm not even going to, you know, qualify this. They love it. They love it and they want to do it. Um, and I was in Border Collies for 20 years and and, and hung out with Border Collie people. Um, uh, primarily people doing dog sports, but also some people who were in the herding world. And to a to a dog, if these dogs did not get on a daily basis an outlet for this, so if they didn't get to to you know play frisbee, play uh, ball fetch, um, play fly ball, do stuff like this, they were overactive, they were unhappy. Sometimes they actually did engage in compulsive disorders. So just as an example, I had um, one of my border collies came from a very sort of uh, strong herding line, very, very worky, worky, worky all the way back. Um, And in her line was also a tendency to sort of uh, engage in lick granulomer. So they, you know, lick their paws, lick themselves. And this would wax and wane in this line of dogs, depending on how much stimulation they had. So basically if the dog was tied in the barn for a long time and didn't get to herd sheep, the licking would, would exacerbate. Same thing with my dog. So if she did not get daily fetch um, and Frisbee, uh, um, she would lick more. 
if she if she got this, she'd be much she'd be calmer in the house. She would not like etc. And this was not unique to me. This is something which across the board we all saw, which is our dogs were much happier, calmer, more likely to be focused in training, uh, better in the house, more relaxed, calmer. All the stuff that people seem to want if they did get their needs met. Now I should add even though I shouldn't have to, but I should add that everything that is known about animal behavior is that this kind of stuff is what is known as hydraulic. So Conrad Lorenz originally sort of hypothesized that animals have needs. So we have the need for food. We have the need for water. We have the need for et cetera. Um, and in the case of dogs who like to gain, engage in these activities, they want to do this. Um, and it's sort of like a reservoir that would get drained or would sort of, you know, add up. Um, so, if you don't spend the energy, um, if you don't feed the animal, they're going to get hungrier and hungrier. If you don't play fetch, they're going to get more and more sort of, you know, uh, uh, agitated. Um, it, it is not a Pandora box where if they get to do it, they're going to do it more. Okay. Wow. It's not like when you have a, 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 a actual clinical compulsive disorder where interrupting or disrupting or letting the, not letting the animal do it is beneficial. These are not, I mean, in a small C compulsive, insofar as we've bred border collies to want to do this to a huge degree. But people who find this sort of upsetting should be directing their ire at dog breeders who are selling these dogs to non-working homes um, rather than saying, well, you know, the goal now is let's keep them calm. Um, you know, so this whole business of, of getting dogs to be calm, there's two things. One is, okay, so how do we achieve that? Because nobody wants their dog bouncing off the walls and nobody wants their dog to be suffering, emo suffering emotional distress. But the way to that with the dog who is driving is to meet that need rather than you know, being upset by, for some reason, these people find it upsetting to watch these dogs having their needs met. And then they translate that into, okay, you know, it, it's bad. Um, I think that historically we, you know, we, people are afraid of dogs being move, moving, dogs being excited, yeah. dogs being, etc. Now, for sure, none of us want dogs to be upset or aroused in the negative way. And we don't want them to be fearful. We don't want them to be anxious, but conflating that with happy excitement, where a dog is, yay, you've come home. Yay, we're going to play fetch. Yay, we're playing fetch. Yay, we're playing frisbee. Yay, I'm doing agility. Yay, I'm doing the sport that I love to do. Is crazy. Um, they're not the same thing. Arousal is a non-specific word. Um, anxiety and fear are the enemy. Happy excitement is not the enemy here. Um, but I think some people find it personally upsetting. They find it anxiety provoking to see dogs being intense, to see dogs doing stuff like that. And it's no longer the case as it was 30 years ago that you could just say, well, the dog, you know, we're going to just put the dog in his place. We're going to dominate him and use aversives to sort of subdue the dog um, so that we don't have the dog behaving in, a, in an active fashion. It's no longer okay to do that. And I think some people are still upset by that and they can't use aversives anymore. So now the search is on for calm, calm, calm. Um, and so they're saying that they're projecting their own anxiety to the dog and saying, well, I find this upsetting. Therefore, the, the dog is upset. Um, I, you know, that's my personal take on it. Um, and so what we have is is this sort of absolutely backwards idea that the way to, 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 to give 
uh, a working line border collie, a good life is to make sure he doesn't do these kinds of activities. Um, it, it, it's, I mean, I, I, I don't want to overstate it, but it, it is actually crazy. <laughs> so there's so much that I, I uh, love about everything that you just said. And I agree. I mean, I think when we see happy and excited dogs, I don't deny that sometimes those behaviors are annoying or problematic to us, yeah. but that doesn't mean that they're behavior problems. And the same goes with just over the topic, you know, behavior or be- breed behaviors can fall into that category as well, but they often get, get spun into uh, this is a, my dog is a problem or what my dog is doing is a problem when I think it's okay to also recognize it's okay if some of our dog's behaviors aren't um, perfect for us. You know, sometimes right. my dogs are, they bark at things more than I might be, you know, maybe I'm, I'm, I would like less barking. Maybe I would like less digging. Um, maybe I would like less excitement sometimes, but I allow them to do that because it isn't a problem behavior. It's that it, no. it's and it's annoying. not a symptom of emotional distress this this we we need to separate excitement happy excitement from fear and anxiety um uh that that movement and excitement is not the enemy the enemy is a dog who is distressed who's fearful who's anxious who's worried that's the problem um not dogs who are yay excited uh, you know, the, this, I, I wonder sometimes, and I, I don't know, I think what drives it is people, I mean, this, you know, our old friend, what we call in the Academy fear of dogs, FOD, Yes, but, yeah. you know, and fear of dogs manifests in a number of ways. In some ways, it's sort of this sort of bucketing all aggression into one bucket. So a dog who's sort of, you know, who is a bit growly at the food dish, we lump that in with a dog who's, you know, killed somebody, um, yeah. rather than having sort of meaningful distinctions the way we do in humans society where we think, well, you know, arguing is not the same thing as assault. Assault is not the same thing as murder, etc. We have these distinctions in human society with regard to sort of conflict resolution and aggression. In dogs, we lump it all in this one bucket called aggression. Um, so I think par- that's one of the way- ways, places where we see fear of dogs. But I think we also see it when dogs are happily excited, or sometimes, it, for some people, um, they find dogs happily excited to be distressing. And it's a Sometimes I think it's just that the dog is moving and so it's pushing these deep evolutionary buttons in people. Oh my God, it's a predator with pointed teeth and it's moving a lot. And other times I wonder if it's, I I don't know, but sometimes the dog is not revolving around them. You know, uh, he's not sort of just like sitting quietly, making quiet eye contact with them. You know, the dog is actually very interested in the ball or the frisbee, and somehow makes the person feel less. I, I don't, that I don't know, lot. but yeah. I, I, I suspect that sometimes I get that vibe from people that they, they don't like the dog to be anything but revolt. You know, it, because we love, you know, engage words like engagement, you know, and eye contact, and you know, checking in. We love when dogs do that and we hate it when dogs don't um so you know that's why i think some people some people fear dog parks for a bunch of reasons um and that's not our topic today but i think one of the reasons is that dogs are fascinated by other dogs most dogs if they're socialized they're fascinated by their dog and i think sometimes people find that to be a slap in the face um and so you know and it's not okay to say well you know you know he's being dominant and i need to put him in his place anymore now they say oh you know it's arousal 
Um, yeah. Therefore, the way to keep the dog calm is no fetch, no dogs, no parks, no nothing. You know, is sniffing yeah. going to be next? You know, I think too, for me, one of the things that I've seen a lot that really gets under my skin, and it's a small, it, I guess it could be considered a small thing by some. For me, it's a big deal that when dogs are doing all of these behaviors that we just talked about as normal, that it's described as over arousal or hyper <laughs> um you know arousal which which is a value judgment it's above what's normal and it 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 we go into it by who by whose opinion well and this is part of i think the issue because that you know just by saying it just by saying this is over arousal doesn't make it so no or you know it doesn't you know it, it it doesn't make it bad you know it's like saying you know, I'm, I'm over uh, hungry, you know, or, I, or I'm over, I'm over talking today, or I'm over breathing, or, you know, it's just, you, know you can't, you can't just arbitrarily say this is over arousal. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it's just, it, it really is pretty nutty. And the other thing is, this is, where's the evidence for any of this? I've yes. seen people invoke arguments such as, you know, it's, it's skyrocketing the dog's cortisol level, um, that dogs who, uh, that wolves uh, do one hunt a day, you know, therefore yes. dogs should get one round to fetch, which, I mean, even aside from the, the logical inconsistency of the fact that wolves are often hunting for hours at a time, and it's very strenuous, um, you know, even that, you know, that, that doesn't, the argument doesn't make sense um, that where's the evidence. I mean, nobody's actually pointing to one piece of evidence that this is bad, that it, it you know, that, that it, it, it raises cortisol in a way that is in, in any way harmful. Um, I could easily just sit here and pull out of my ass saying, you know, making dogs do relaxation protocols is actually toying with their cortisol in a way that is unnatural, therefore never do that. And I could just say that it's not true. And I'm I just made it up. Uh, yeah. But I could say it and, and put it in a blog or put it on social media and somebody else might pick it up. It doesn't make it true that somebody has said it. So all this business about fetch being over arousal or leading to compulsive disorders, there's no evidence. People listening need to know there's no evidence for this, that there have been nutty fads. And this one is a a nutty fad. um, I would love to, just for listeners, um, I have spent more than more time than I care to admit scouring the internet for studies proving that uh, fetch causes uh, unwanted adrenaline and cortisol spikes because I see that a or, lot. Or orthopedic injury. Um, yeah. You know, the, this this whole business that somehow it's, you know, physically bad for the dog to do this. You know, first of all, I mean, it, it's possible, but it's also possible that that any kind of, you know, activity and going to the gym or, or you know, elliptical machines or running or, you know, uh, are probably increase your injury risk over lying on the sofa. But nobody is suggesting that we humans should lie on the sofa calmly in order to improve our health. Um, so it's just it's nutty on so many levels. Um, it, it's hard to even you know, I mean, we're trying to parse it here, but it is kind of hard to parse. Yeah, I mean, I've, I certainly have, I've, I've scoured for studies. I, one thing that I would say too, that I think a lot of people don't realize, and I've had pushback about this uh, in the last couple of weeks online, 
is that we often do study cortisol in animals. We, mm-hmm. all of our shelter protocols, um, yeah. come from studying cortisol, making sure that, you know, we know that cats like three inches of bedding. We know that they need 11 square feet of space. We know that we have to set up their kennel in a shelter with a scratch post, with their food in one spot, with their litter in another spot. Yeah. We got all of those protocols by studying cortisol. So when yeah. people say, um, this is happening, that really is pseudoscience because now they're putting their bias together as fact and presenting it with words that creates buy-in from the public adrenaline yes. cortisol boy like that sounds legitimate it's right doesn't it <laughs> but there is there as far as i can it's tell made up. it's mm. made up and you know so that i think really has to be said that if you see this information out there about adrenaline and cortisol it's start it's already we're trying tra- politely ask politely ask for the references to the scientific studies yeah we're um, we're you, already you treading very in bullshit and you can do it in a very respectful and polite manner um and i like you have have looked for evidence and there there is not any yeah. um you know, and, and in terms of people, well, this is what I've seen, you know, I, you know, I was in border collies for 20 years and we, you know, all these dogs and we had fly ball teams and, you know, so, you know, if certainly there, there are parts of certain sports where they're, you know, and then we refine our understanding of how dogs should be, you know, turning off fly ball boxes. And we refine our understanding of at what age dogs should be doing agility jumps and so on for sure. But, but nobody's suggesting that therefore we shouldn't do physical activities with dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, and fetch so let's is, talk about fetch that. Fetch is perfectly fine. Dogs love to do it the way some people like scrapbooking. Some people like going to the gym. Some people like watching movies or reading books. Some dogs are bred to really love fetch. And it is healthy, normal, and okay to give it to them. And to, to, to think that these dogs are going to be deprived of the activity that they live for because some person just decided that they want to be an influencer or something and they make up shit on the internet is just that's it's it's really really wrong and that's actually let's talk about that so you you were in you um have quite a history with flyball so you this is not happy excited over the top running crazy excited dogs this isn't your first rodeo So, um, but why I'm so curious and I still can't find the answer to this. Why, why people aren't saying we can't let our dogs herd. People aren't saying we can't do fly ball. I don't see people say agility, agility, agility. which is, which is largely sort of tug motivated. So where I'm, I guess I'm confused by where the, the anti-fetch piece comes in. And I guess we would be speculating. I mean, next week it might, you know, you know, Emily, it might very well be agility next week. Mm -hmm. It might see, I, I sort of live in terror that it's going to be don't like dogs sniff because they come across a scent that that upsets them and raises their cortisol therefore they shouldn't be allowed to sniff um or don't let dogs you know jump on the sofa because you know there's a there's a a, a outside chance that they're going to slip and have an orthopedic injury you know i mean somebody could make stuff like that up uh and it's coming i think the next thing uh, the recent thing, so this isn't what we're here to talk about today, but just to show people how some of these things can snowball and why it's very dangerous. 
The new uh, thing that's coming up and coming is dog dog play um, mm. and that sort of, you know, uh, activity that that's bad. I've even seen, you know, you can't let them do zoomies, that zoomies are problematic. So we're we're like it again, it, it might seem like a small thing to some people. But I think also, you know, zoomies and dog dog play tend to fall into probably fear of dogs a little bit as well. Right. Yeah, dogs are being excited. They're not revolving around us. Um, yeah. Uh, but, you know, man, you know, like, where's the joy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, can, can, what, can we just reframe it as joyful or excited or amped or loving something rather than, you know, sort of some sort of non-specific word like arousal that, that, you know, conjures images for people. Um, you know, it, it, I mean, the just the 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 lack of the lack of sort of ability or the the failure of people to to sort of apply any kind of critical thinking here. Um, could this be complete nonsense? Um, you know, a lot of people who really ought to know better, uh, and at, at the very least, be going, "Hmm, this seems a pretty big claim. It should have some pretty big evidence. Can we see the evidence?" At the very least. Um, it should be happening. And it's not, you know, people are just swallowing it hook, line and sinker who people who ought to know better, or at least be saying, wow, big claim. Where's the evidence? So um, for those who don't know, I am a graduate of your program, the Academy for Dog Trainers. So I have um, my, I got here because of your guidance, your, you know, your, your training, your support, your teaching. Um, and so I value your words of wisdom so much, but we do have this whole generation of people that haven't there. They, they, this is an unregulated industry. These people yes. are coming into this, um, making social media posts, um, over their, their, um, diagnosing compulsive disorders outside of their lane. They're, um, you know, they're making pseudoscience, these claims a of compulsive adrenaline disorder should be a compulsive disorder should be diagnosed by a veterinary behaviorist. Every um, single they, time. Let's every single time. Yeah, every single time. And, you know, and the things that are, tend to be compulsive disorders in dogs are well described and well known to them and, and by extension to us. The other thing is nobody should take anybody, you know, um, nobody should take what anybody says, including me, including you, including anybody at face value. If we make a claim that is especially a claim that seems to fly in the face of everything that is known about animal behavior, there needs to be evidence and it's not uh, hostile to say where's the evidence yes and it, i would say um you know when i when i talk to my academy colleagues we are very uh good at saying this is my bias my bias is this so it's okay to have your bias it's okay to have bi it. everybody has them the <laughs> yeah. only danger is failing to recognize that one has them and trying to pass off one's biases or failing to sort of tease apart biases um, from, from fact. So, um, when we talk about these, uh, trainers, these people the, uh, that are, you know, making these claims, if you had, um, one piece of advice for them as professionals working in our industry, um, and around fetch, what would that be? For the people who are claiming that fetch is, 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 is bad. bad. Yeah. Um, Study animal behavior, um, you know, go to the sources, uh, you know, go go to undergrad animal behavior textbooks and, and understand how motivation works and how, you know, animals, you know, the needs of animals work. Um, and then the other thing is, 
you know, I've seen wine plus have one piece of advice and it is hold, hold claims up to standards of evidence. Um, yeah. Don't make claims without evidence. Just, just don't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, or say, you know, I find it upsetting when dogs play fetch. Um, yeah. You know, and, and then go to your, you know, go, you know, f- and try and figure out, well, wow, isn't that interesting? Um, where's that coming from? Uh, and, and, you know, does it, does it mean anything? Um, you know, so the- but I, I don't know if we're going to be able to push back against this. I mean, I think the people who believe it, it's probably going to be a fad that's going to need to run its course kind of like it was when we all have to feed raw, raw food. You know, I, you know, you, I remember these days, Oh, yes. you know, we all had to feed raw food and yeah. then it was, you know, whatever you do, don't feed grains. Then it was, well, whatever you do, don't feed grain free foods that have this because it's going to cause dilated cardiomyopathy. Actually, <laughs> no, that's all crap too. You know, so to just ride it out and recognize that these things do come and go. Um, and hopefully this one is going to go at some point. Well, the one that I remember that's very similar to Fetch, uh, anti-Fetch, is uh, 15 or so years ago in Pitbull Rescue um, was don't let your dog play tug because tug will oh, lead yeah. to, do you remember this one? I remember It will that create one. aggression yes. and things like that. Um, also not true, right? We even yeah. use tug as rewards for search and rescue dogs who we yeah. consider heroes and, and that's yes. okay too. Yes. Um, so yeah, that Fetch caught, did that tug causes yes yeah. it still comes up for me from time to time it does, so, it does occasionally yeah, yeah. It's, it's not the craze that it was the way kind of on social media now the craze is sort of like oh my god fetch bad that um, is so bad i i you know i'm i'm thinking that in a year we're going to be looking back on that one the way we're looking back now on you know fetch makes dogs aggressive you know well i or, hope a, dog, right. or a dog that growls at the food dish is going to kill you one day you know yeah I hope you're right. My concern is that it will continue to snowball and we'll see more of this like anti-zoomy, anti-dog-dog play yeah. and all of that. So for the uh, the the pet uh, owners out there, these are people um, not in the fly ball world. Maybe they've done a foundation uh, agility class, yeah. something like that. Um, but they have one of these dogs. So they've got the shepherd. He is, he sees the ball, he barks, he, he gets yeah. bouncy. He's very over the top. He's barking yeah, he's on the excited. way outside. He's excited. Um, doesn't want to finish the game. He's always, he's always ready to go. Um, compartmentalize but- it, you know, play fetch with the dog. Um, you know, have the, the, the 30 minutes, you know, in the morning or whenever it is that you play fetch, you know, that you say, okay, now we're going to go for, it. we're going to do this thing that you love to do. Let's go do it. Um, and then other times of the day, that's not going to be an option. So the dog over time learns, okay, this is the time when this happens. They're going to learn to anticipate it and be excited at those times. Um, and then other times they will learn just through the course of day-to-day life that, okay, you know, um, you know, we're not going to play fetch right now. Um, so it's okay. And they will not keep demanding it. Uh, the answer to needs is not to cork the volcano. The <laughs> answer to, to, to this is not to say, let's not do it in the hopes that the dog is going to somehow forget that it's built into him, that he loves this. Nobody's going to convince me to not love pizza, you know? Um, <sighs> Yeah, I mean, you know, I, so for me, I it is like- safe. It is safe, normal. It does not lead to compulsive disorder until there is evidence um, to In the fact, contrary. I would like to say for the record that 
in the cases that I work where a dog has been diagnosed by a veterinarian or by a vet behaviorist, not by me, because that's outside right. of my lane, with compulsive disorder, yeah. um, I can't think of one case where we didn't use fetch to help that dog by providing them with exercise and enrichment. Yes. Those are always part of that plan. Um, yes. Removing that from those dogs. Yes. And, and I will say there is also a difference between a dog who looks, appears to be obsessive about his ball and a dog who is uh, right. being compulsive because- Got a real compulsive a disorder. disorder. That's right. So, yeah. you know, that That's can right. sometimes take some, it can, I can see why people confuse the yes. two. But yes. um, it is very different. And there is, it is a difference different. between I yeah. don't want to stop playing this game because right. I love it. Yeah, a, a bull terrier who whirls um, yes. or a German shepherd who chases his tail, a Doberman who flank sucks, a miniature schnauzer that fly catches, all these sorts of things, you know, and, and all the rest of them. Um, it is not the same thing as a, a field lion Labrador who loves playing fetch. Or a border collie who lives to herd sheep or do agility. It's not the same. You, you know, it, 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 people need to be clear in their minds that the, the solution to, to breeding drivey dogs is not to breed drivey dogs and then not let them do anything where their drive kicks in. Yeah. And it's in the dog to give. So if you do have, if you're listening and you do have a dog who is one of these, these dogs we're talking about today, we don't remove that by just stopping like Jean said we don't right. just station them right. it doesn't just it go installed away installed at the factory uh you know <laughs> uh, we might have a different conversation about the appropriateness of breeding dogs with a lot of drive yeah do we need that many drivey dogs in our society should they be pets you know etc et I and mean, that's a that's a valid conversation but once they exist once sperm is met egg and you've got those genetics and the dog is born stifling it isn't the answer um yeah. you, you know these dogs do better if they're if they get doses of this and they're tired they do better than if you try and and just kind of wipe it out of their lives you know it's just it, it's it's cruel um, i like to, to say like you can to take breed them to want to do something and say you know what we're going to breed you to love this activity but we're never going to give it to you because you know like what and it's, it's i think crazy. as a as a pet owner uh you'll really spin your wheels and get just frustrated with trying to push it down because yeah you know it's right the, the you're, key... fa you're a failure if you yeah. if you can't you know if you can't get it out of the dog like like, oh my God, like this it's wrong on so many levels, isn't it? And if you're trying to calm a dog who is just a happy, normal, excited dog, um, and we haven't given them outlets, tire them out oh some gosh. Like I mean, it really is just, you know, it, it it really is, you know, you do need to give them give them activities and calm activities is not the the end. For sure, nothing wrong with calm activities. If you want to teach downstairs, and if you want to, you know, you know, teach dogs, you know, quiet games, you know, shaping games where they're lying on mats and stuff, go ahead. Uh, but if the dog has got a lot of drive, um, it'll serve you and that dog's interests to play games like fetch and tug with them and to do it daily. And it's probably going to take you less time. So if you have yes, yeah. 20 minutes to devote to your dog um, today 
and you could do, you know, some relaxation things, calming exercises, or you could take your dog out and let them be who they were meant to be or who we made them to be. Yes. Um, My vote, my vote every time with my dogs is let them, let them be excited and let them run because I find that calm follows when that happens. So yes. Yeah. Yeah. And this, you know, the, I mean, the, the sort of the obsession with calm is this other conversation, but you know, if we want more calm, we do better to tire animals out than to bottle it up. Well, and that's an interesting, now I'm going to say this because I I already know um, there's a bunch of listeners right now that are going to say, so you're saying we should run dogs into the ground to make them. This is another fetch. This comes up a lot. That's a straw man argument. That's just me. You know, you can make that up that I said that, but I didn't say that. I had Um, to bring it up because I know nobody's going to come up. Yeah. Nobody's saying run dogs into the ground. Nobody's saying, you know, what we're, yeah, no, man. Can I also say along those lines too, for the trainers who are um, there, I see a lot that trainers will say it's lazy for the, the client to do it, that they are not participating, that they should be participating with their dog. Um, I like being lazy. I mean, if I can stand. They're not participating with their dog in what? That it, that we're doing it because it's too easy. It's easy. So the client isn't actually like getting out. It's not easy. I mean, I I don't know about you, but count getting people to, you know, provide 20 or 30 minutes a day of exercise and enrichment is never easy. People are busy, you know, (laughs) like, wow. The other thing that comes up. Therefore, if it's more difficult, the other thing is what, if it's more difficult, therefore it's better. Is that the, well, that's what I can figure out. Is this the assumption? I, I cannot, mean, you know, I this is an IQ test. At some at some level, this is an IQ test. <laughs> I also like can't keep up. If I look at Griffin, for example, so for those who don't know, he is uh, just over two years old. He comes from working lines, border collie. Um, and he is one of the busiest dogs I've ever owned. And probably they're very, they're incredibly busy, but I cannot keep up step for step. If I had to go out and take him for walks and do all, and I do that, but if I had to provide all of his exercise and enrichment that way, um, I'm too old to be honest with you. And I just can't. So I am happy to be considered lazy and use, you know, a ball thrower or a chuck it. Um, How's that lazy? I, I'm not sure how that's lazier than taking the dog for a, a, a leash walk. I'm, I'm, just, I'm failing there. I'm, I'm somehow not getting it that the leash walk is somehow more virtuous or more effortful or better or, huh? <laughs> yeah. And so the other one that comes up, I see from trainers quite a bit is that if we if we suggest to our clients that they use these tools such as like a, a chuck it or a yeah. call them ball lobbers or whatever you might yeah. call them that um that they will run their dog into the ground that they'll overuse no, they it oh, and show i want to say show me bring me one i want to say show this, me that one we, of these. when we're working with clients in my opinion teaching them to use a chuck it would be the easiest thing that we're going to teach them today. We're Do teaching these people, people actually work cases. Do they actually engage with people who have dogs and, and that the problem is too much exercise? The problem is that we're running them into the ground? Or what that we, ne- or that we have such low expectations of our clients. So, the, so if you go to a sh- shelter full of dogs, they're full of dogs because people are over-exercising or they're full of dogs who are bouncing off the walls because they didn't get enough. Yeah. Come on. What, you know, just holy mother of Christ. How, where does this come? I mean, what? Yeah, that's how I feel about it. And I'm glad to have 
Um, I'm so glad to have your, your, if, if it is the opposite, then somebody is going to need to produce some evidence. Cause this is flying in the face of everything we know about animal behavior, everything I've seen in dogs over 30 plus years and everything everybody I know is seeing in dogs. Yeah. Um, so the people who are saying this, they, they better come up with better evidence than what they're coming up with, which is zero. Yeah. Well, Jean, did we do what we set out to accomplish? Today? We ran, we definitely ranted, but, but you know, it, it, it's something that deserves a rant because it's insanity. Yeah, I agree. I, again, you know, I will continue to go back to it that this is not, this is not a small thing for me. This is a very, uh, history is going to judge issue. very harshly people, um, who are, Positioning themselves as professional and saying that pet dogs are over-exercised or over-enriched or get too much activities like fetch. That there, you know, I don't know if it's getting them likes or engagement now, but in in years to come, they're not going to be looked on very favorably and the internet doesn't forget this stuff. So they may want to consult the basic science a bit more. Consult basic science, I think is a, is a, I want a t-shirt that says that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for thank spending you for, this thank time you for with being me. interested in this, um, Emily, and for standing up for dogs. Well, you know, thank you for teaching me to do so because uh, my dogs play fetch uh, daily because of your influence as well, and because uh, I identify it as being something that is just the right thing to do, whether or not the barking on our way out and uh, Mozzie's excited healing sometimes. You know, maybe that can be annoying. But Anticip yeah, anticipating right fun stuff is very exciting, you know, but to, to, to say we need to rub that out of dogs' lives is pretty sad. And so uh, while we wrap up, I will also just let people know that if you're interested in hearing more about this subject, we do actually have an episode of Under the Bus coming up. And so that is a, uh, I guess it's a, a Facebook Live uh, series yeah, that we do. Panel. Yeah. with uh, Lisa Skavinsky and uh, Christy Benson. And that will be happening uh, this month, right? August. That's uh, right, August 7th, uh, this, will, uh, this coming Monday. This coming Monday. Yeah. Um, and there's also past episodes where we speak about very similar things. So yeah. if you're, uh, if you, if you like to hear uh, Jean and I rant, um, well, there's plenty more of that, of this, where that came from. So um, Jean, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today and for, uh, standing up for these dogs and speaking for them because uh, I there's going to be a dog somewhere whose life is more enriched because of this conversation. And uh, if that happens, I think we I think we did do what we came to accomplish. So well said.